Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adovato. There she is, Mary Gamba, Gamba with the darker blue background. Mary, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Uh, we are taping on the 10th of November. It'll be seen later. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving after you see this. <laughs> be watching this after Thanksgiving. It's, Mary, that's not a good way to start the show is to wish people happy Thanksgiving when it's Christmas. Well, the good thing is maybe uh, it will... It will maybe re-air next year around Thanksgiving. I'll put that in my edit notes. Strategic planning. This will be airing in early November 2022. Hey, Mary, let's, uh, before we introduce Glenn and Lori and to everyone from Prager Metis, the great firm that we've been longtime partners with, let everyone know who makes this show possible. Sure. Well, one of those wonderful firms is Prager Metis, so we thank them so much. And we are proud to also have as uh, sponsors of our program, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Seton Hall University, and the Bacino Leadership Institute, uh, Kessler Foundation, and Delta Dental of New Jersey, and last but certainly not least, the North Ward Center. Good stuff. Hey, we are honored to be joined by our good friends, Glenn Friedman, who is in fact the CEO of Prager Metis, CPAs, uh, LLC, and Lori Roth, Global Managing Partner at Prager Metis. Good to see you, Glenn and Lori. Hi, how are you? We're doing Steve, great. Hi, Mary. So as I said, we're taping this program, Glenn, uh, on the 10th of November, be seen a little bit later. It's gonna be very close to two years into the pandemic when this is seen close. Biggest, I know I asked you this many times, biggest leadership lesson for you at this point as we continue to pivot and involve, Glenn? I would say um, the resiliency of uh, people and we're in a people business. And so their ability to um, adapt has uh, meant everything to our organization. Yeah. You know, Lori, speaking about adapting, we just finished a, um, a seminar series on business development, creating a business development mindset and culture, if you will, with some of your people, our firm Stand and Deliver and the, some of the top people at Prager Menace. How challenging is business development doing it, A, and B, creating a mindset and a culture of business development in these incredibly uncertain times? Yeah, well, it's definitely challenging. I think everything is challenging. Business development is challenging always, but especially challenging in the virtual world. But I think that as people have adapted to this new environment and the new hurdles, if you will, that are in front of them, I think that business development has evolved too. We've honestly grown more in this last year than we have in one year ever before. So I think that the focus on it and doing it differently really did lend itself to, to business development, even during the pandemic. You know, it's interesting in our seminar series, Mary, uh, and Mary was working with me on that. We were focusing a lot on getting feedback, accepting feedback, being open to it. And some of the feedback I've gotten here on Lessons in Leadership is, Steve, stop talking and let Mary talk more. So I'm handing the ball over to you, Mary. Pick it up from there, Mary. Uh, I'll take the ball. Yes, thank you so much. And Lori and Glenn, I know that you recently had a summit at Prager Metis and the theme was all about innovation. How do you get a culture of innovation within the organization? I'm sure there's some resistance. Some people who are working from home, maybe now it, they're coming back. It's a hybrid environment. How do you get everyone to embrace that as part of the overall culture? Yeah, so we did talk a lot about that at our summit, transformation and innovation and how it really is a team effort. And I think that's the challenge during, during these times is to work together as a team, even in this environment. But I think that people have been given tools and have learned how to do it. And I think that that's something that is really, really important to us as an organization. And you know, you, you mentioned culture before. It's, it's difficult in a virtual world to really establish a culture. It's probably one of the 
the most difficult things, you know, the, the side conversations that you have walking to the coffee machine or, or things like that are what's missing. So really fostering that communication between people and the relationships between people, as Glenn said originally, at the beginning and the end of the day, it's really about the people. We're really, although we're providing a service, really a people business. Yeah, stay with it, Mary. I'm gonna follow yeah, up after that. I love it, Steve. You could just, you know, we'll have Elvin take you off and I'll just be here as the host with my co-host, Steve Adubato. So thank you. And Glenn, talk a little bit going into 2022 when you're looking to bring in new team members and for organizations that are looking to continue to succeed. Glenn, what do you believe to be the biggest uh, trait, the most important leadership trait that you're looking for in new team members that you are bringing in in order to make sure you retain them and that they'll be a good match for your organization? Oh, uh, I don't think that many of the traits have changed. Right? I think that we look for self-starters, and I think that in a virtual world, you have to be a self-starter. Uh, at, the, at the heart of who we are, we're still very entrepreneurial, and uh, we look for those traits, and we look for people that really want to contribute and, and, and to succeed with our organization. So I don't think that those things have, have changed a great deal. I think that what, what has changed is we can look for those people almost anywhere in the world, if you will, not just in a particular area where we have a, a location. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, you know, the other thing that's changed, Mary, is interesting. It's just as we're doing this program live on tape, you can tell that we are at the mercy of the technology. We're yeah, at the definitely. mercy of whether the Internet's in sync and, and those kinds of issues. And Laurie, some things are beyond our control, but one of the things that happened in the leadership and business development series that we did together, and by the way, Lori participated in every one of those, and that's not the case to have top-level executives in every organization be directly involved in training and coaching, which is about a culture, frankly, of coaching in my view. But Lori, let me ask you something. There were some people in that seminar series that were like, wait a minute, you, Glenn says I'm, I'm supposed to be a self-starter. No, no, that's not me. I will wait for Glenn or Lori or some other top executive at Prager Medicine to tell me what to do. You tell me what to do, I'll get it done. Why is that not good enough for most team players, particularly moving into 2022? Well, we're here talking about leadership, right? So that's not really leadership. That's, that's you know, lead and follow, right? That's somebody who, who has a, a follow mentality and not really a leader mentality. And that's one of the things that we have worked together to, to foster. Um, by definition, I guess a partner is a leader or in a top position in a, in a firm, but they're not all leaders. So there are certain skills and, and things that are necessary for people to really be leaders. And that's really what we need in our organization. I think in most organizations, there need to be uh, leaders. So it, it, especially in a business development environment, right? If we're talking about business development and advisory and things like that, just being told what to do and doing it isn't really gonna work, right? You need those people who are gonna think outside the box, the people who are gonna come up with the ideas. We just started uh, working yesterday on something called an innovation challenge. And basically that's what it is. It's a, it's a think tank type of thing, looking for people to, to come up with innovation ideas and, and starting with pressure points, things that, that might be challenges in the organization as a starting point to providing solutions through innovation. Quick follow-up before we let both of you go. You listen to Lori talking about this innovation challenge, right? Question, do you believe with your several years as a leader and executive entrepreneur um, in your industry, do you believe that most professionals in the accounting firm, 
can be coached, taught, and trained to be more innovative, entrepreneurial? Or do you really believe either you have it or you don't? Glenn Friedman, what do you say? I think, look, some people have things innately, um, but I do believe that these are traits that can be learned um, and nurtured and supported. And I think that you and Mary have been a big part of that. Um, and, and I think that Lori's done a great job in, in leading that area of the firm. Yeah, that being said, I want to say this as we let Glenn and uh, Lori go. One of the things I've learned, and this is for everyone watching right now, some people say, oh, we're going to have a seminar series on leadership or communication or business development. And you could have the best curriculum possible. And our firm stand and deliver. I'm not going to plug us. You'll see our website. We're proud of what we do. But the other thing is the clients like Prager Metis, they have to pick the right people to be in the seminar. So the people we had in that seminar, and Lori knows who they are, Glenn knows as well, they were all in. They wanted to learn. They were open to feedback. They didn't say like, oh, I've got to take this two hours to do this seminar. I've got, I got to get back to work, as opposed to realizing it's an investment in them and getting better as professionals, leaders, and business developers. Um, so I just want to say that three quarters of the success of what we did has to do with Prager Medicine. Mary, I apologize. Uh, next time, I'll let you take the ball for longer. You've got to <laughs> grab it and run with it. I'm telling I'm you. I'm going to run down that field. Yes. Yes. Just don't fumble the ball as you get to the end zone. Glenn? Lori, I want to thank you so much. Mary, I know you're, I needed a hockey reference for you there. Exactly. Uh, this is Stand and Deliver. That's Glenn. That's Lori. That's the great Mary Gamble. We'll be right back right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Disastrous detour. The chapel bells are ringing, but you're stuck, adding 10 points to a three-point turn. This looks like a job for smile power. Good thing your healthy smile is revved up with grin-guarding affordable dental benefits. So your healthy smile can keep you on the right route. Unleash your smile power with Delta Dental. Welcome back, folks, to Lessons in Leadership. This is part of a terrific series we're doing, Small Business Lessons in Leadership. We're joined by Kevin Clyer, who's Senior Executive VP and General Manager at Danker. And also, and we'll talk about Danker in just a second, also our great friend, Longtime friend Randy Stoddard, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Delta Dental of New Jersey. Hey, Randy, do you recognize this? Yeah, good. Tell everyone where it's from. Yeah. Uh -huh. Where is this from? That, that is from one of our uh, kits that we sent out to uh, all of our employees during COVID. Uh, we sent them a wellness kit with uh, 
with all kinds of things, uh, hand sanitizer and yoga instructions and meditation advice, all that sort of thing. Yeah, we also had a terrific outing at Essex Fells Country Club, a fundraiser for Special yeah. Olympics of New Jersey that Delta Dental, um, they led the effort. They were the sponsors. And Kevin, that's where I met you, no? That is correct. We had a beautiful yes, day. Yes, and we played exceptional golf together. I was going to say, who won? Is it, isn't that how golf works? Who won? Who got the better score? <laughs> Mary. I'm not, I'm not sure, <laughs> but I, I, might give, I might give the nod to Steve. He actually played well that day. Yes, but we do, we do, we, it's all about having fun. Joking. Uh, it's about winning. Uh, seriously, let's talk about. Um, Mary's going to talk about our sponsors later. Randy, set this up for us. This small business series that we're doing in cooperation with Delta Dental New Jersey, which you'll see their website, how you can connect to Delta Dental. Why is small business so important to Delta Dental? And what the heck does that have to do with leadership? So, small business is, is really a core of what we do, um, it's, it's one of the biggest part of our customer base. We're very engaged with small businesses. We want to make sure that they have what they need to keep their employees happy and well. And everything from, you know, business perspective to wellness tips, that sort of thing, we're, we're heavily involved with small business. Absolutely. Kevin, tell everyone what uh, Danker is. So it founded in 1829 as a rolled top desk company in lower Manhattan. And today we are an interior integrator helping our clients create spaces that allow them to achieve better business results. And so, by the way, Randy, the connection between Danker and Delta Dental, tell everyone. So uh, Kevin and his team uh, helped us a lot with our recent office redesign. And it's, it's turned out terrific. We, we took the opportunity during uh, uh, COVID to, to, to completely renovate our space and, and we're very pleased with it. So nice job by Kevin and his team. And we've learned a lot along the way, which I think is some of the things we'll talk about today. Yeah, along those lines, before Mary jumps in, we're taping at the end of 2021, be seen a little bit later. Uh, biggest changes in the workplace environment, Kevin, as we approach, believe it or not, almost two years into this pandemic. So I, I would tell you that, you know, the hybrid is here, right? And people are working hybrid. And I think the focus goes from working on hybrid to better work experiences, no matter where you work. And the office honestly needs to become a destination. Mary, follow up so we can understand what that means. Yeah, definitely. So, Kevin, when it comes to, down to the physical, the, the desk, I know right now you're at a standing desk. And, and when it comes down to the actual needs, especially of small businesses, how have they specifically changed? Are they looking for more, you know, standing desks? Are they looking for more just overall a more soothing environment because of what Randy was talking about? Uh, can you give us a little bit more specifics on that? Yeah, so I think employees and employers want the best of both worlds. And so the office remains critical for the human connection, collaboration, and culture side of it. But I would tell you that we're watching some of our clients pilot better strategies where they're making collaborative spaces. They're changing cafeterias into social hubs where people can work all day. They're using things like data analytical tools to help manage what real estate effectiveness in the workspace could be. Um, and it's gonna help them long-term with their real estate decisions and even proactively their facilities maintenance protocols. And so 
when you think about even our friends at Delta Dental going to unassigned desks, desk management systems are becoming really critical. You can go on an app, you can assign your desk. So I know if I'm going to be working with Randy for the day, I could actually secure a desk in that area so that I could be as productive as possible. That's amazing. And Brandy, just a quick follow-up for you. In terms of small business, what do you see some of the trends that small businesses are looking for? I know Delta Dental is really uh, key to helping small businesses continue to succeed. What are some of the trends do you believe in 2022 in terms of what those needs of those small businesses would be in terms of supporting their people? Well, I think right now, you know, employers in general and, and especially small businesses are having a hard time attracting and retaining uh, employees. And so, you know, a, a good salary is a piece of that, but also great benefits, which include medical and, and dental insurance, which is where we can help as well as with vision. Beyond that, you know, I would say there's this phenomenon going on called the Great Resignation. And in August, a record 4.3 million people uh, resigned from their jobs in the United States. And that's on top of records, I think, the prior couple of months. And so COVID's given folks uh, a reason to kind of uh, rethink their life. And they're, they're looking for work-life balance, adoptability, flexibility. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for um, uh, companies that have a purpose uh, a lot of different things. So companies are really having to go about thinking differently about how they engage and inspire their employees. You know, I, it's interesting how, what was that called again, Randy? The, the Great Resignation? The Great Resignation. Give me the number again, 4.3 million when? 4.3 million just in the month of August quit their jobs in the U.S. Um, Mary, that's something we're going to go back to and, and try to understand that. But I want to follow up on something, Randy. I'm curious. I've often said to you, and you, you understand our operation, we're, we're virtually all remote, meaning we're able to do, we have office space and we're dealing with our lease situation, not to get too inside, but we have to make a strategic decision. And we're asking ourselves, can we continue to do this for the foreseeable future? But we're not typical, Randy, of most small businesses. We're not, we know that, correct, Randy? Correct. Um, I mean, I, I think depending on the small business you're in, uh, you may be 100% uh, on site. You know, if you're manufacturing or you're producing a service, uh, food, a restaurant, you're on site. And it, it's, it's very different than it is for a small business that may be running a consulting firm of 15 people where everyone can work remotely. So this, the situation, uh, you know, the type of business really determines uh, what type of things you need from Kevin and his company, uh, and also what kinds of things you need to do to engage your employees, uh, create a culture if, if they're mostly remote. Randy, real quick, some of your people in, some of your people remote. What's this? Is it a hybrid? What is it? It's a hybrid, you know, and, and like everyone else, we're still sorting through uh, the new guidelines that are coming out and what that means for us. Uh, but but we've been able to successfully um, operate and, and execute on a hybrid plan. And, uh, you know, my guess is it'll continue like that uh, as, as we move into hopefully some more normal times here in 2022. Yeah. Before I let you guys go, real quick, Kevin, number one leadership lesson you've learned approaching two years 
into this pandemic when it'll be seen? Biggest leadership lesson you learned? Um, you know, for me, leadership is being in service of others. And so some of our responsibility is about developing that next generation. So the hybrid approach makes that a little bit more difficult to do. I would say you could not communicate enough to your employees and it was okay to show vulnerability as we didn't have the answers to all of the problems that we were about to face. And then, you know, when we had to make some quick decisions, we actually tapped into the people that were closest to those problems because that's where you'll get the best answer. Yeah. Randy, go ahead. Biggest one. I've asked you this six times so far over the last two years. <laughs> But it's never, it's often not the same one. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think one thing Kevin hit on, if you don't know the answer or you don't have an answer for it, just be honest and be honest with your employees. And I think they appreciate the honesty and, 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 you know, the vulnerability that comes along with that rather than trying to create some type of, you know, brick and mortar answer that, that may not exist. To Randy, to Kevin, I want to thank you to Delta Dental in particular for being our partners, for allowing us not only to do this show and to focus on small business, but also allow us to be a part of fundraising efforts to support great organizations like Special Olympics in New Jersey, because uh, service leadership is real, particularly at Delta Dental. Randy, thank you. Kevin, thank you. Mary and I will be uh, talking about you guys behind your backs right after this. All right. Uh, That's great. Nice to see everyone. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Here we are back at Lessons in Leadership. Mary, I want to follow up on something real quick. Uh, Randy Stoddard was talking about the great resignation, 4.3 million people leaving the workforce just in August 2021. Did that surprise wow. you? It, is, it, it completely surprised me. If anything, I thought more people would have been going back into the workforce. I would have expected those numbers to possibly happen in August 2020. So it really makes me wonder, is it more so because people are realizing, hey, I want a career change. I would love to learn a little bit more about that. I know I'm personally going to do a little Google search to see what the reasoning is. In my opinion, I think a lot of people are realizing, hey, you want to know what? They're hearing of job openings, they're hearing of opportunities, they're hearing of a lack of people in the workforce. So I, I truly believe that some people are using this as an opportunity to pivot, to reflect on their lives and say, hey, was I really in a job that I was satisfied with and fulfilled with? Or am I going to take this opportunity, especially in a hybrid work environment, I could work from anywhere. So I think people are getting a lot more creative. So do you think that resignation means retirement? 
I do not believe that personally. I believe, and again, this is just going off of that little conversation that we had. Uh, I'm going to do a lot more digging for a future segment, but I truly believe that people are pivoting. I think I, I personally, I, I have a small group of like 10 friends and of all of us, four have made huge career changes during the pandemic, mainly because there's more opportunities, as Randy was saying. You could work from home and have a job in California and only have to travel out there once or twice a month. So right. there's a lot more opportunity. Uh, you, there's a much bigger pond uh, to th you know cast that net out into, and I think people are really jumping on that opportunity. So real quick on this, it's connected to uh, resignations, retirements, but also something else for for much much younger people. And we'll talk about this in other lessons and leadership programs. Recruiting talent is one thing. Recruiting talented people on your team is one thing. It's a key part of being a leader, but retaining good people, Mary, give me 30 seconds on how hard that is. Even when you create the culture that is supportive, at least in your own mind, it's supportive, it's flexible, it's what do you need, it's rewarding work. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to go. Yeah, no, and you hit it on the head. I think oftentimes we believe we know as the leaders of the organization what it is that our team wants, right? Is it flexible work schedules? Is it Fridays off? Is it early Fridays in the summertime, more vacation time, more money? And oftentimes- I'm sorry, those are know, all the things we just did, but go ahead. I know, I know. But do, do I think that everyone is jumping up and down and saying, I'm as satisfied? I think as human beings, we're never completely satisfied. We never can step back and say, you want to know what? I'm good. I, I'm in the place that I want to be. We're always looking for more, regardless of whether more it's what? more money. What? More what? More everything. And I, I think it's just a human being, as human beings, to really truly find happiness. And I don't want to get on some soapbox here and get all philosophical, but I think we're always just comparing ourselves to the guy next door. We're always looking and saying, what more can I have? What more stuff can I buy with the money that I get at my job? And instead of just being present and being appreciative, and we've talked about it a million times, you know, I wake up every day and I say, I'm going to be grateful. There's a gentleman that I follow on Facebook and on um, Twitter who has ALS and every day he wakes up and he says, I'm here, I'm grateful. And that's somebody who literally is facing a terminal diagnosis. And I say to myself, okay, if he could wake up every day and be thankful and be appreciative, then there's no reason why I cannot be. And by the way, as Mary uh, acknowledges our sponsors, I'm going to say this. Mary's talking about someone with ALS we've had uh, who's happy and, and has a great attitude. And we've had Eric Legrand. Check out our website, stand-liver.com. Look at our interview with Eric Legrand, the great records player who is not been able to walk for 10 years after a horrific accident as a football player. Mary, what was I complaining about last night? I got a uh, cortisone were... <laughs> shot. I got a cortisone yes. shot in my elbow. Yes, exactly. And and again, was it painful? Sure. And I just, you know, I had texted you to compare it to my son, Will, who had a similar thing going on in his shoulder. And, you know, we all have aches. We all have pains. But I was, but... hold on, wait a minute. Unlike Will, I had a crappy attitude. I was cranky. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. irritable deflecting on other things. And instead you have to take a step back and, and, and just say to yourself, okay, if this is the worst thing that happens to me today, it's a really good day. And I know how hard it is because again, it's a lot easier to complain than it is to yeah. be grateful and to look around and see the positive in the world. And anybody watching today, I just recommend that you do that. And speaking of that, if you're watching, we have a lot of articles on our website, stand-deliver.com. You can follow Steve um, on social media, Steve Adubato, PhD, that's A-D-U-B-A-T-O on Facebook and on Twitter at Steve Adubato. And also just a shout out to our promotional partners, uh, the Commerce and Industry Association of New Jersey and Commerce Magazine, 
and New Jersey Business and Industry Association and New Jersey Business Magazine, because without such great partners, we can't continue to get our message of positivity out there. And we are grateful to them. And I'm extremely grateful. And I try to tell her every day, which is not enough, to Mary Gambit. Do I tell you enough, Mary? Being you tell me enough. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you, you sure? Tell me enough. Yeah, I think so. I think we do. You do. I, I'm, well, <laughs> there are times I call Mary and I go, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, what's going on? I try to read mm -hmm. her body language over the phone. Yeah, that's even... when I just loosen up the shoulders and just jiggle it all out. But now we're in a good place. <laughs> Mary Gamba, Steve Adovato, <laughs> Lessons in Leadership. Check us out every weekend, Sunday at 10, and my News 12 Plus and a million other digital platforms. We'll have another great conversation about leadership and life and philosophy next week. Check it out. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Disastrous detour. The chapel bells are ringing, but you're stuck, adding 10 points to a three-point turn. This looks like a job for smile power. Good thing your healthy smile is revved up with grin guarding affordable dental benefits. So your healthy smile can keep you on the right route. Unleash your smile power with Delta Dental.